Greetings, Earth. Welcome to the Nostalgiaverse. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Kat, and today with me is Alex. Hello. And Nick. Moshi moshi. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about music in geek culture and how it applies to and how important it is in geek, in geek culture. Music is probably the most important and often overlooked part of geek culture. First, music may have been in, invented in Africa and then evolved to become a fundamental cult, part of culture, our culture as human beings. The emotions and ideas that a music that music expresses, the situations in which music is played and listened to, and the attitudes towards music and its composers is very important in our culture. And if you think about any of the video games or television television shows, movies, and that sort of thing that you've ever seen, there's music there. And it's become its own character within the narrative. Everything from cartoons, video games, there, there's only like a couple of video games I could even think of that don't have music. One of them being Pong, which is one of the, like, if not the first video game, computer video game ever. <laughs> but that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that didn't ha actually have music in it. And music has been around as long as humanity has been around. And with that, it has be it is a very important part of our culture. You look at the different cultures around the world, and music is very particular to each ethnic group. Celtic music is very different from Nordic or Japanese or Central or South African or Egyptian or Middle Eastern, American Indian, Australian, whatever. Each culture has its own style of music. Each culture has its own particular markers that identify that music as belonging to this culture. When it comes to American culture in particular, a lot of that has sort of blended, especially when you look at the fact that you've got, starting out, you had American Indian. There was a lot of orchestral coming out of Europe, a lot of Celtic, Nordic influences coming into it, and it has evolved and come together into this, what we know of now as modern uh, American music, which has a lot of influences from Celtic and African rhythms and other cultural sources because of how they've all come together. Orchestral music. Bach, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, uh, etc., from various composers around the world, from Russia to uh, Italy, the UK, German composers, and they, they all have their distinct flavor that is inherent in their music. And film and television has actually kind of taken advantage of that because it's there's no words there doesn't need to be but in and of itself tells a story just purely through music star wars for example the score is orchestral a lot of films is they do it that way and it's always been part of video media you go all the way back to the silent films in the late 18 early 1900s it's music because that's the only thing that they had for the audio track it wasn't until later that they began recording voice or talkies as they called them back then i grew up watching charlie chaplin movies and they were the black and white silent films in later years in as uh film the film industry and video recording has improved they started doing animation one of the first animations 
was actually a French film. And then Disney started doing their animation, starting with Steamboat Willie. And everybody, especially in America, knows what Steamboat Willie is. That's where Mickey Mouse came from. If nobody knows what Steamboat Willie is, recently Disney have been celebrating their 50th anniversary and most of their recent movies have started with a little clip of it. Mm -hmm. They'll have the 50th anniversary thing and then there's a little like a little screen and you've got steamboat willie playing and it's mickey mouse at the wheel of a steamboat whistling along just do 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 and that's from steamboat willie that's from disney's very first animation a lot of films today uh especially animation films their start back to steamboat willie and the early animations of like the french film phantasmagory from 1908 actually whereas there's gertie the dinosaur from 1914 felix the cat from 1920s uh 1923 was steamboat willie so it goes all the way back to that and before and the preference is that they all still used music to emphasize what was going on back then yep the music would change with the mood of what was going on what was happening if you think back to some of the slightly more cheesy silent films you had happy music and then it would turn dramatic when the you know nefarious villain would come onto the scene and it, the music would change and it's like oh he's the bad guy and so it's because of that has become literally its own character within the story and missed when it's not there moving into composers and soundtracks in theme in uh, television and movies especially more modern stuff many know of tron and tron legacy tron the original the score was composed by uh, Wendy Carlos. Tron Legacy was done by Daft Punk. And uh, yeah, and <laughs> everybody knows who Daft Punk is. <laughs> They're really good. Highlander, the score for the original Highlander movie was done by Queen. A lot of the songs from Top Gun were done by Kenny Loggins, Mighty Wings. And even in orchestral uh, soundtracks like in Tron, there are songs, contemporary songs. For example, only Solutions by Journey was played through the closing credits of the first Tron movie. And then they showed up again during a scene in Tron Legacy. The uh, the song Separate Ways was played actually during the film. So it got people from contemporary rock to heavy metal. Uh, there was actually a, a animated film called Heavy Metal. <laughs> Uh, which was actually based on the which was based on the comic books from from that time period from the 1980s 70s and 80s composers actual score composers uh some particularly well-known ones uh jan hammer who did the score for miami vice he also did the soundtrack for knight rider 2000 and charlie's angels 2000 danny elfman uh best known for beetlejuice batman El edward scissorhands nightmare before christmas corpse Bride, Mission Impossible, Men, the Men in Black trilogy, the 2001 Planet of the Apes, uh, Spider-Man, Real Steel, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Goodwill Hunting, and quite a few others. He is very, he is very well known, very well loved in regards to his style. Another 
John Williams. He did the Superman score from the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. E.T., Jurassic Park. He did the score for Star Wars. Indiana Jones, Land of the Giants, Lost in Space, and so forth. Hans Zimmer did the score for Castaway, The Last Emperor, White Fang, Lion King. So he's worked for Disney. Uh, The Rock, which is a very good movie with uh, some really good actors in it, including Tony Todd and uh, Sean Connery. And I'm blanking on names right now. Um, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. That was who, that was the other one I was trying to think of. There's a lot of really good names in there, though. He did Pirates of the Caribbean. Really good score. Curse of the Were-Rabbit. The Prestige. Very good movie. Iron Man. The Dark Knight Trilogy. Babylon AD. Transformers. Revenge of the Fallen. And Age of Extinction. He did the score for those two. The title theme for the series Through the Wormhole with Morgan Freeman as narrator. And a bunch of others. And that's Hans Zimmer. James Horner, known for Battle Beyond the Stars, Wolfen, Star Trek 2 and 3, uh, the films, uh, 48 Hours 1 and 2, the movie Brainstorm, how many of you guys remember that one with Christopher Walken? <laughs> Dude, Christopher Walken is God. One of, ma- one of the many actor gods. How can we not forget about Christopher freaking Walken? <laughs> uh, on- honestly, I, like I say, I love Christopher Walken, one of my favorite films with him in. Where it plays music, by the way, where he plays the trumpet, Uh-oh. Prophecy. Yes. Because he plays Gabriel, and he ends up being the... Because Gabriel's the trumpeter, and I'm not getting into this right now. Yes. But, <laughs> yet again, music with Christopher Walken. Amazing. Oh, yes. James Horner also did the, the score for Cocoon 1 and 2. Uh, Journey of Natty Gan, one film that I grew up with, this is about... Took place during the Depression era, which had a Transformers voice actor in the early part of it. You know who that was? Let me take a guess. Peter Cullen. No. Uh, Megatron? No. Scatsman Crothers? Scatman Crothers. Jazz. Oh. He was the tinker. He was the guy selling the pots. The I'm going to have to watch yes. that. Yes, it's good. It's very good. Uh, Aliens, the second Aliens movie. Um, Name of the Rose with Sean Connery. Very good movie. American Tale 1 and 2. Batteries Not Included. I love that one. Willow. I love the score for that one. Land Before Time, Rocketeer, Thunderheart with Val Kilmer and Graham Greene and a few other really good people. Patriot Games, The Pelican Brief, long but very good movie. Braveheart, another long but good movie. Really nice score. I love that one. Apollo 13. amazing film. Oh, yes, it is. Apollo 13, which centers on the space program here in the U.S. Jumanji with Robin Williams. Ransom, Titanic, Deep Impact, Mask of Zorro, Mighty Joe Young. That's the with the giant gorilla. Uh, Bicentennial Man, again, Robin Williams. The Perfect Storm, A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. That one's very good, based on a true story. Uh, Wind Talkers, also based on a true story. The Navajo Wind Talkers from the war. Troy, uh, Flight Plan, Legend of Zorro, and James Cameron's Avatar. I'm going to quickly say something here. Mm-hmm. Avatar's music, because I sat and watched it when it first came out for mm-hmm. the full three hours, and I think it would be a very boring film if it didn't have such beautiful music to go with it. That's James Horner. Yeah, like I'm saying, it just it would be a boring film without it. It's just when it pans across Pandorum uh, with that music, it just it's oh breathtaking. Yeah, it's it's almost partly documentary. 
the way it's yeah. done because and it's and the the visuals are spectacular in that film. It is. But yeah, the 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 music that's a perfect example there with Avatar. The the music becomes a character within the film and just makes it that much more exciting. My little two bit. Yeah. <laughs> Another composer, Richard Bland. He did Reanimator and with uh, Jeffrey Combs, Bride of Reanimator, Beyond Reanimator, The Puppet Master, One, Two, Four, Five, Curse of and Legacy of the Puppet Master. Uh, the only one he didn't do was three, apparently. He did the score for Trancers Two and Three, Dragon World, Stargate SG One, which I have the box set. Love that. Anything on it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger, which I one of the shows I used to watch. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Smallville, among others. Uh, he's he's gotten around a bit too. Yeah, these are some of these, like you were just saying, like Smallville Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Texas uh, Walker Ranger, and Stargate are pretty massive. <laughs> I know Smallville ran ten seasons because I own all ten seasons. Yeah, so did Stargate. Yeah, so like, that is a long time to be composing music for them. Uh huh. Um, and and go just looking at some of these credits on some of these guys, it's like wow, <laughs> you know. Another one, Tyler Bate. He did uh, "You Got Served," "Dawn of the Dead," three the three hundred day the Earth stood still from two thousand eight. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Halloween 1 and 2 with Rob Zombie as director. First thing that pops into my head is the song Dragula, I swear. <laughs> um, Me, Super Beast. Yeah, that one too. Conan the Barbarian from 2011. He's He did the score for Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's doing the score for the second one, Volume 2. May I add, just because of how much of a comic book nerd I am, Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy two, uh, 1 soundtrack just sums up Guardians of the Galaxy perfectly. Oh, I know. I, I'm anticipating Volume 2 because I just got to see what he's done. Oh, I know. I know. It's great. God of War, Ascension, the the video game Transformers War for Cybertron, Killzone, Shadowfall, and several others. So he's done video game scores too. Um, Speaking from this, <laughs> I, he's really good because... Um, I've I've played video games in my bio. Um, War for Tri War for Cybertron and Fall Cybertron are my two favorite of all time Transformer games, and the music in them is just oh. Yeah, I have War for Cybertron. It's perfect. Oh yeah, it's perfect. And it's just it's not the score is not as overt. It's almost ambiance. It's yeah. It's there. You know, it's there. You can hear it, but it's it's like it's part of the scenery. It, it was really well done. Stu Phillips is another one. He did the Gidget series from way back. The Monkeys, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man, nineteen seventy-eight. The seventy-eight Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, twenty-fifth century film and series, Galactica, nineteen eighty. B.J. and the Bear. Uh, the score for a an episode of the series Manimal called Night of the Scorpion. Auto Man. Remember that one? It's sort of like Tron in real world. I miss that show. Before my time. <laughs> Night Rider. Cursor. Outlines and there's a car or there's a helicopter or, you know, whatever he needs. Uh, Night Rider. The Fall Guy. Remember that one? That was about the bounty hunter, wasn't it? No. Fall Guy. He was a stuntman. Oh, man. the stuntman. Aye. Yes. Solve crimes. Yes. 
uh, the Highwayman from... TV movie and the and an episode from the series called The Hitchhiker. We actually talked to uh, Sam Jones, who was the star of Highway The Highwayman. Uh, yeah, it's a good series. Unexpected composer. J.J. Abrams. He's not just a director. He's a music composer. He did Felicity, Lost, Alias, Fringe, Almost Human, Person of Interest, Revolution, Mission Impossible 3, and the Star Wars 7 score, among others that he's done. Just to kind of show you, he's quite multi-talented. Just to say right now, J.J. Abrams, if you're listening, huge fan. (laughs) (laughs) Unlikely, but still. Yes. And you would, people think, oh, J.J. Abrams, you know, J.J. versus Star Trek and blah, blah, blah. It's like, um, he's actually very multi-talented. And at, from this list, you can see he's he's got quite a resume just in composing music for, you know, film and television. If you, if anybody who has seen the Star Wars 7 movie, that's his work in music, not just as a director. The last one on the list, but this is not, but by no means the last composer. I mean, there are hundreds, and there's a lot of really good pe- composers out there. David Arkenstone, whom I have known about for many years, he composed the score for Robot Wars and World of Warcraft Cataclysm. Okay, now this is the area I kind of know. Yeah, he composed this, uh, David Arkenstone composed the score for Cataclysm Wow! for a while. Yeah, I actually have two of his CDs. One is Quest of the Dream Warrior, the other one is Celtic Book of Days. I have them both on CD, but I also have uh, Quest of the Dream Warrior on tape, uh, just to show you, you know, how far back that goes. Yeah, one of my favorite songs on that particular tape is called Kyla's Ride, and it sounds like you're riding a horse because of the way the drum is in the in the song. It's really cool. And the story, most of the songs don't have any words. It's literally music telling a story with uh, Quest of the Dream Warrior. It's really cool, and I highly recommend it to anybody who who likes music and likes good stories. It's a very, very good one. Going into, again, more contemporary, rock and heavy metal have featured very largely in film and television over the years. And we're talking as far back as the 50s and 60s and even before, because we've had from the big band era and swing and jazz and, and all of that, to you know, the rock and roll in the 50s. A lot of bands become storytellers in their own right. For example, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Pantera, Black Sabbath, even Journey. I mean, look at the name. <laughs> They're the, just to show the importance of music, and particularly rock and roll, has had on our culture and how it's evolved. There's a song by a band called Tough called All New Generation, and they actually go through somewhere in the 50s, music made a change, and it starts with Elvis Presley, and they actually list a whole different, a whole bunch of different bands, Aerosmith, Skid to Skid Row to uh, Richie Valens, just the whole spectrum. It's a great song. And some bands have actually started writing specifically for geek culture, Iron Maiden being one of them. But also, there's a band called Lion, that wrote uh, part of the score for the 86 Transformers movie, along with Stan Bush. Lion did the title song, actually. Queen, they did The Flash and Highlander. The Eagles, they've had a bunch of songs that have been featured in various films. America, the band, not the country, did the the song, the soundtrack for the animated Last Unicorn. It's not too rock, but it's still music and it's pop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The pop band... Kids in America did the entire, uh, at least I think did the score. I I know they 
it, I think it was America. It's, the song's called Kids in America, and it was featured in the Digimon mm-hmm. movie from 2001. I think it was it was released and it I, I remember having a lot of kids like because I was in school at the time I remember a lot of kids singing that one song over and over because they went and saw that movie yeah and it just shows you how much influence you can get speaking of Transformers there's a group in the UK that did a song called Transform which was actually featured at Auto Assembly for a couple of years I must find out <laughs> I can't think of the name right off the top of my head, but I it, I'll include will include links to various things uh, mentioned during the show, uh, including that and the song by Tough Bush. You know, Seven did a Transformers song or a song about Transformers called Till All Are One, but it was never featured in the film with the films on his own. Actually, Till All Are One was actually featured at the end of Fall and War of Cybertron at the end of the game. Mm, okay, so it wasn't in the films. It- with the games yes um okay. Okay. stan bush in 2008 did a reboot on one of his old songs the touch yes for the 2008 michael bay transformer movie mm. yes that's i think that's the one you're on about as no, well that, that one was originally in the 86 transformers animated movie from 1986 highly recognizable Speak And speaking of video games, video games have their own themes and scores, like I had mentioned earlier. And some of these composers have done scores for various games. Some of the most recognizable include te- Tetris, Donkey Kong, Pitfall, which that song still goes through my head. This is in, from the mid-80s, okay? I still hear that song in my head. Uh, Devil May Cry is another one that's got a very distinct uh, sound to it. A game that I like to play... On my computer, Ricochet Extreme has a very distinct, got five themes, and there's three versions of each theme. Tech, space, underwater, speed, and I forget what the other one is, but it's it's got its own themes, and it's very distinct. I was just remembering there's one that sticks out for me mm. personally, and I don't know how many other people will stick out, because it defined a generation, and it's celebrating 20 years as well. Mm. Pokemon. Oh, yes. When it was 8-bit. Mm-hmm. That was the most, other than Tetris, for me, that was the second catchiest tune. And er everybody knows the Tetris and Donkey Kong themes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to sing it. But it's, again, it features very, very prominently. Hmm. Classic Super Mario arcade, not... The, the Nintendo, the one that, mm. the one you're going through the pipes and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody knows what that one is. I mean, I remember growing up, because uh, I'm an arcade kid, I would go, I would stand there at the arcade, at the arcade, at the entrance, and just listen to this symphony, essentially. Slightly, it's, it's slightly discordant symphony, but it's just, it's a symphony nonetheless of the music and sound effects from all these different games, the clinking of the coins, and I would always, I would be standing there and I'd be listening for a particular sound, and it's very, very distinct. And it's the choral accompaniment for the Black Knight 2000 pinball game. I could stand at the entrance and hear that clear in the back over and above everything else and make a beeline straight forward. I used to do that all the time. I love that game. Yes, it's pinball, but (laughs) it's a good pinball game. (laughs) I used to play that and the original Black along with Darkstalkers, X-Men, 
Afterburner, the old Centipede, Pac-Man, Base Invaders, Asteroids, you know, some of the classics. And some of them have sound effects more than music, but they're kind of musical in the way they're done. But it's it's still there. Some of the best known themes in, because a lot of movies and cartoons end up with video games, or video games become cartoons, like with Darkstalkers, or with... X-Men, which started as a comic book and became a cartoon and video games. Cartoon and television themes are have some very, very distinct ones. Uh, Knight Rider, A-Team, Battlestar Galactica, the original, which the theme for the original 78 Galactica became the colonial anthem for the 04 series. Which I was like, I was I was geeking out when I heard that. I'm like, yay, they kept it. <laughs> Looney Tunes, which is actually the song called uh, Merry Go Round Broke Down, believe it or not, is the actual name of that song. And everybody knows it as the Looney Tunes theme. Yeah, I had it on my phone at one point, and I was using it as a ringtone for certain friends because they are Looney Tunes. <laughs> and that's how I found out about the name of it. But the other things, too, like um, Quantum Leap uh, has a distinct theme. It's another show I used to watch. Airwolf. Some of the more recent ones. Slightly more contemporary. Downton Abbey, which is a huge thing. I know over in the UK, has a very distinct theme and musical accompaniment to the series. Very classical. Yes. Very beautiful, too. Yeah. Keeping on to cartoons and TV theme musics as well. Mm-hmm. If you're a 90s kid like me, mm-hmm. you grew up watching tons of cartoons that had such good intros. Mm-hmm. There are four, for me, that stick out endless Mm-hmm. First one being Gargoyles from oh. Disney. Oh my god, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, all, all, all of us is like, oh my god, Gargoyles, yes. <laughs> the music in that, for being oh. a Disney, is just so gothic and it's, dark. It's probably Disney's best series ever. Yeah. It's, it's not just dark, it's very deep theme wise and it and it features a lot of shakespeare particularly othello midsummer night's dream and macbeth yeah and Mm, i love that show yeah number two this is where some people are gonna freak out the 90s spider-man cartoon oh wow has that guitar solo and guitar Mm -hmm. theme Mm -hmm. just ah Jaw dropping. It was Aerosmith, wasn't it? Um, not the. They did the. Aerosmith did the original theme for Spider Man. Um, you know, climbing, uh, spinning webs and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, what like the one that describes what he does is mm-hmm. done by originally Aerosmith. They wrote it and sang it originally as well. Mm-hmm. I think that one was done by Aerosmith. I'm not too sure. I will have to find out because mm-hmm. that's gonna bother me. <laughs> so that's number two. Um, mm-hmm. Number three, and it's a very close third, is the X-Men theme mm-hmm. of the same year. I was that thinking was, of that one. I that love that theme. That one's another guitar guitar one, and it's just... Yeah. How long has it been since that cartoon's been aired and everybody remembers it? Uh-huh. It's very distinct and very catchy, and it just, it really grabs you. I love that one. Now, I love this one, show, too. I actually have it on DVD. This one is my last one, and it actually shares a composer. Hmm. 
from what we were talking about, I think we talked about him before, mm-hmm. but the show is related to Mr. Danny Elfman. Oh. Yeah. Because as soon as he created this, this compo- composures for the movie of this film, uh, this cartoon, he took the compo- co- um, music from the movie and put it into the cartoon. Mm. And it got dubbed the, one of the darkest cartoons other than Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. And that is the 90s Batman animated TV series. Mm, yes. Danny yes. Elfman did the entire com- composure for the entire series for its five-year run. That's from the... Um, Tim Burton Tim Batman Bur- movie. Yeah, the Tim Burton one, which were particularly dark. <laughs> it makes sense that yeah. um, it carried over because that series was very dark. But like I said, that's some music <laughs> that... The shows have been cancelled for years, and you can go up to someone, anybody that I know, go Gargoyles or Spider-Man, and they'll have to decide on the theme, mm-hmm. which is better. Or, or X-Men, the 92 X-Men series. Oh, Again, music is, it evokes intense emotion. Love it or hate it, you still respond to it. And this is this is case in point what Nick was saying. It's very distinct. Each theme, even by the same composer, is very distinct. I mean, there are certain signature elements that you oh, that's Danny Elfman or oh, that's Horner or that's Zimmer or Zimmerman or whoever. You know, there's certain elements that are very particular. They're like signatures. But each theme is is very distinct. It's like you go from Superman to Jurassic Park. Very different themes. It's by the same person. And there's little key bits that it's like, ah, okay. Because if you listen to them, it's like, okay, I see the similarities. And you can tell. But, again, very, very distinct. And very specific to that particular film or television show or cartoon. Like you were saying about, like, Superman and that. Some of those cartoons and TV shows, like, you'll go, ah, it doesn't ring a bell. But as soon as you hear the music, it will. Yep. Like, for, for me, a lot of things that... One th- one show, actually, a lot of people remember because of its music, because mm-hmm. um, of its theme as well, may I add. Ed in the 90s, I can't remember how long it ran, but um, the actor is actually... One, the main actor from it, one has died. Mm-hmm. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. But... Another one has gone into another super, a lot of superhero stuff recently, mm. and he's actually about to hit uh, a big. He's hit the movies recently as well, mm-hmm. and that is Will Smith's mm. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm. A lot of people go, "What's the Fresh Prince?" But as soon as you start singing that theme, yep. everyone else will join in. Mm-hmm. It's very iconic mm. for its from its. Not just for its time but and its genre, but just in general. It is very, very iconic. Will Smith is, is actually known for his comedy and his music. And he's becoming he's he's becoming just as well known for his dramatic roles. I am legend, After Earth, and several others that he's done. And the upcoming dead shot from Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. So Oh yeah, you can't get away from music even going into into the written word. Look at comic books. Look at how many comic books actually mention songs or music or have referenced to songs in the pages 
in the dialogue, song quotes, Deadpool, Spider-Man, Joker, Harley Quinn, uh, they've all quoted songs. And it's very in your face sometimes. Mm -hmm. So even in comic books, music is present. You can't hear it, but they'll quote a song and it's like, oh, there it is in your head suddenly. If you've ever heard the song at all. Uh, so it's... And a lot of a lot of cartoons actually started out as comic books. A lot of them actually did. Not all of them, but a lot of them did. Yeah. Um, X Men, Spider Man. Spider Man. The gray comics, I would say, ended up with mm-hmm. uh, transitioned well into great TV shows. Oh yeah, they did. They did. Some is an interesting thing that has happened. Is songs have actually there's a lot of crossover between uh, film and television with music. An example, Crockett's theme, which was written by Jan Hammer for Miami Vice, was actually featured in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Miami Vice theme was featured in The Wedding Singer, The Simpsons, Electric Dreams. It was in Fringe at one point. And several other things. The Eagles have songs that have been in multiple shows and films. Hotel California has been in a lot of shows and video games. From X-Files, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Big Lebowski, Guitar Hero World Tour featured it. Songs like Heat Is On, Desperado, You Belong to the City, which was actually featured in Miami Vice. Life in the Fast Lane, Take It to the Limit, Take It Easy, and Tequila Sunrise which was in reference to the movie, but those have been featured in other stuff as well, other films, other TV shows. Not just where they you first heard it, but they've been in multiple shows. David Bowie has songs that has been featured in a lot of different things from... I mean, there's more than 460 credits, including Cat People, 16 Candles, Desperately Seeking Susan, Labyrinth, duh, of course, Alien, the Alien Nation movie, the original, that spawned the series. The song Scary Monsters, actually, is the one from David Bowie in that. Uh, Pretty Woman, MSD3K, which featured Golden Years and Young Americans. Seven, Train Spotting, The Saint, 1997 movie with Val Kilmer. Starship Troopers, which featured I Have Not Been to Oxford Town. Stigmata, A Knight's Tale, which featured Golden Years. Underworld, Shrek 2, GTA San Andreas. Doctor Who and Torchwood featured the song Starman in an episode. Uh, Stealth. The movie, uh, the song She Can Do That, Lord of War, again, Young Americans, Guitar Hero, GTA 4, Guitar Hero 5, Supernatural Fringe, Guardians of the Galaxy had a song, one of his songs in it, The Martian, the, a recent film, had another one of his songs in it. This is just a, a small example of how extensive, especially popular music, popular songs, Aerosmith has been featured in multiple films, some of their songs. I mean, Walk This Way, and Run DMC did a cover of it, with Aerosmith, in tow. Um, and Walk This Way has been featured in a number of, of films and television. And not just rock and roll and heavy metal, but also hip-hop and rap. Uh, movie Dangerous Minds comes to mind. The opening theme, Gangster's Paradise, which is very fitting. So there's a lot of crossover, too. Music is... It's a big deal in our culture. It evokes memory. It, it evokes memory. It evokes 
emotion. Like you were saying, Nick, mm. being even shows that you haven't seen in years and you don't remember them. I actually remember I was poking around and I found the opening title for Conan the Adventurer. And I don't remember watching it, but I watched the opening sequence, the, the title sequence. And I remember the song, and I remember those characters. I was like, I have watched this. I don't remember it, but I have watched it. A long time ago. It was like now recently, um, I was bored one day, and I just Google searched Hercules. And I ended up finding the YouTube video to uh, Kevin Silbo's uh, Adventures of Hercules. And Her- Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Yeah, I watched that when it first came out. But I haven't watched it since, and just everything flooded back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with Xena. And the, the the opening themes to both of those series, for Hercules and Xena, is very distinct. Xena has a vocal accompaniment, a choral aspect to it, that the Hercules theme doesn't have. And they're very distinct from each other. And I think the same person did both themes. And they were both filmed in New Zealand. And they were a lot of fun. And yeah, you, you may not remember it. And then you hear the, the the theme or you see the opening sequence. You're like, oh my god, I used to watch this. <laughs> Another one from the late 90s, actually. Specifically, The Sentinel with uh, Richard Berkey. Uh, he basically, he's a Cascade police detective. And he, ex-military, Marine, I think, if I remember correctly. He has heightened hyperactive senses all five and he ends up with this um this guy that's doing a college thesis on aboriginal cultures and he ends up helping jim ellison is the character's name learning about his abilities and learning to control them and he ends up doing a thesis paper on it at the end of the series it ran for uh, three full seasons plus I think it was like eight episodes for season four because they canceled it right at the end of season three and the fans went, oh no you don't either. <laughs> so they ended up having to write those last few episodes to resolve the cliffhanger and finish the story. <laughs> I missed that series. I know, it's so good. It was so, so good. And again, it's got a very distinct theme, very tribal. As you were saying, Kat, about, you know, very distinct themes. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of this show called Supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's been running 11 years, may I add. Started off with Carry On My Wayward Son, mm-hmm. and it's still going to this day. You can't not associate it anymore without saying Supernatural. Mm-hmm. So it, it's literally, like I say, it's some music is cemented in geek culture. Oh, God, No yes. matter where it is. Yeah, look at Peter S. Beagle's masterpiece slash unicorn america is synonymous with that movie because of the soundtrack because of the songs that they wrote specifically for that movie the last unicorn the song now that i'm a woman man's road uh i love that movie <laughs> i grew up watching that movie i actually got to meet him peter s beagle a couple of years ago at a comic show he's so sweet really nice guy and i'm looking forward to seeing him put together a live action version of the film his creation nice yeah because he's he's confirmed that the film rights 
to it were reverting back to him and that he was going to make a live action he, he was going to do everything he could to make a live action film happen and i said you know how much the fans would love that and he smiled <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> So that's that's something to look forward to. And yeah, you hear the song, The Last Unicorn, and it's, oh my god. Suddenly you you see the visuals, and, and you, you can see the unicorn, and, and the fountain, and the lion, and the red bull, and Schmendrick, and, and the harpy, and, and Molly Grew, and King Haggard, and Prince Lear, and oh my god. <laughs> Captain Cully and his band of free men. <laughs> The tree. <laughs> Let's talk about that at another time and another place right now. <laughs> We're going to be having this conversation. You know how I love that movie. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay, so that looks like that might end up being a future podcast. <laughs> uh, it's going to be having a future podcast. I had the idea. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... Music is culture music is memory music is emotion music is when it's brought into geek culture specifically it becomes its own character in and of itself within the film the the, the movie the the tv show the cartoon the, the video game whatever it's accompanying a huge part of geek culture and frequently overlooked unfortunately not a lot of people talk i mean yeah you've got the awards shows have awards for various uh things including the score or soundtrack for a film but it's kind of glossed over almost they mention it and yeah this is the emphasis is on the director the actors and sometimes the writers. The score is kind of, the music is almost an afterthought at a lot of these awards, award shows. And even the award shows themselves have music involvement. They have bands play on stage. They have, when somebody is announced as the winner and they're walking up, they have music playing. And then after they get done with and they leave, they have music playing. And it is such a deeply ingrained part of our culture. And yet it's overlooked, even ignored sometimes. And so I kind of wanted to kind of wanted to show just how important it is and, and give it a little bit of emphasis and, and its own little spotlight for, for everybody to so that our listeners and, and people can really see how important music has become in within our culture, especially in recent years, recent decades. You know, over the last hundred, what, 120, 130 years now? <laughs> <laughs> In conclusion, I hope uh, our listeners enjoy our talks about music is everything. <laughs> so I wish you good night. Night. Night, guys.